people think I'm damaged goods. I'm worried about losing my job. Will I ever get a transplant? I want to see my children graduate from college. How can I afford this? I don't want to be a burden. I'm afraid. I'm overwhelmed with information. Sometimes I wonder if I'll ever fall in love and get married. I just want to play with my friends. You're listening to Kidney Talk, streaming health, happiness, and hope to the renal community with your hosts, Lori Hartwell and Stephen First. Welcome to Kidney Talk. Uh, we're here. It's we're, exciting. You know, I love being on location yes. doing Kidney Talk. We get outside of the stuffy studio and we're here in a stuffy hotel room. So uh, it's great. But the beach is not too far away. You know, summer's coming upon us. And I know you love to cook. What are some of your summer recipes? My summer recipes is an In-N-Out burger. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, no, no, I love to. I love cooking out. Yeah, I know. I you like to barbecue. You made me a wonderful dinner for my birthday a couple of years ago. Yes. You haven't invited me over since. Why? You're, there's a hint, Lori. <laughs> there's a hint. When you started taking things from my house, oh, it was inexcusable. That, no, okay, you didn't need all those things. I know, but I want them back, especially the pictures of my children. Um, no, it's great. You know, I got a nice backyard, and I'm mm-hmm. really into gardening. But the thing is, is you made enough. There was what. Five of us, and you made enough food for like thirty. Well, it's called being Jewish. You should all, you know, I mean, it was ground into me that you should always have too much food than not enough. Well, it was delicious, but it was just, it was incredible. You made this fruit salad, and I'll never forget it. It had some like fruit light, in it. It's so it unusual. Had fruit. It was very unusual. Unbelievable fruit. So you put this dressing on it, and I don't know exactly what it was, but it was wonderful. I don't remember a dressing on fruit salad. You did. You put some kind of like it was like a creamy type. What kind of there dressing really was, was it? There was no dressing. Well, was there lemon or something? Did you do maybe s- lemon? Okay, lemon because you got to keep the uh, apples from turning brown. Okay, well it was good. You think Chef O is good? <laughs> I am better than Chef O. Well, today I'm Chef O O. You're Chef O O. Right. <laughs> <laughs> today, who are we talking to uh, today? Sally Traor. Oh, and Sally. I hope I said her name correctly. The girl correctly. from the 7-Eleven down the street. No, oh. no, no. She was at the prom. Don't you remember? Oh, yes. I remember Sally. She's a beautiful Sally. girl. Absolutely. Yes. Out of all the 400 kids were there, I remember Sally. Oh, I love Sally. Oh, I just love pretzels. Let's, let me see here. One serving is six pretzels? What, are they kidding me? Who only ate six pretzels? I have to stay on my renal diet. I know. I can bite part of one pretzel, then bite the side of another pretzel, and then I hook them together, and I can count that as one pretzel. Mm. Boy, that was good. You know what I love now? A big gulp. Now if I fill it up halfway, and then drink it, and refill it to the top... Now that won't count towards my daily fluid intake, or will it? Make the connection. Eating high-sodium foods makes you thirsty, which will make you retain more fluids. Do you want to share a tip on how to stay within your fluid limit? Email us at kidneytalk at rsnhope.org, and we'll let our listeners in on your different tips.
kidney talk. Oh my gosh, we have an international show today. We do. <laughs> yes. We have Sally Trey Orr. Is that how you say it? Yes, it is. Hey, I said it right. Yeah. And, and, and where are you from? I'm from West Africa, Guinea. Well, wait a second. You just told me you're from Maryland. I live in Maryland now. Oh, okay. I've, oh, I've only been there 10 years, so you know. So you were from New Guinea. Now, what made you come to the United States? See, you weren't listening. I said <laughs> Guinea. Not New Guinea. Oh, oh. Two very different how countries. Far they, how far are they apart? I don't know, but I don't even think we speak the same languages. That's really? how different, yeah. Cause it's the same thing with Lori and I. We don't speak the same language. What language uh, do you speak in Guinea? Well, Guinea! What? They speak Guinea! What do you think they speak? Oh, I wish it was that simple, though. I wish it was that simple, because that way I wouldn't meet people from my country and not speak their native languages. Oh, well, oh there's a lot of different languages in Guinea? Yeah, there are the native languages. Um, my father speaks about two of them. My mother speaks just one. So when your there father's is... mad at your mother, he calls her bad names in the language she doesn't he understand. He probably does, because yes. she'll probably just think it's some romantic language he's speaking to now, her. Do you speak another language other than English? Besides English, I speak French. Aha! Uh-huh. I speak <laughs> I speak French too, but I, I speak English, but I just put the accent on. Oh, see, that yes. works. What language do you speak? I speak English fluently now. I speak French fluently now, except for the fact that I don't know how to say kidney talk in French. Right. And I speak Mandingo. Mandingo. Yeah. Is that anything like, is that anything like Dingo sell my baby? Oh, oh, that's something else, right? Oh, my God. I'm just listening to the fact that you both said that at the same time. But, yeah. I speak Mandingo. Yes, that's actually what my tribe is. Say something in, in your native language. Um, what, give me an idea. Give me an idea. Say, it's, so, love... it's so beautiful here in California. California, Kenya. California, Kenya, and California, Duma. California is so beautiful. romantic. Romantic? <laughs> Thank Doesn't you. Doesn't sound romantic? And now, and now how did you get to the United States? I mean, what, you, did you throw a dart <laughs> at a, a world map or what? How come you're not in I'll France? I'll tell you what I did. I put a map on a wall. And you threw a dart. Then I closed my eyes and pointed. Now, are you? Are your parents here too? They are not. They your are parents not. are back in Africa. Yes, they are. Um, I'm here with my uncle. I came with here when uncle? I was 13 years old, Why and I've did been you with him here? since. Came here, started going to school, got sick in 2000. Came here, December of 1997. No, but I'm saying, what's the thought process? I'm in school oh, in I'm Africa, in, okay. and I'm going. Hey, I'm going to go to the United States and go to school. Pursuit of happiness. Pursuit of a better education. I love that movie with Will Smith, and he takes care of his kid in the bathroom at the bus station. Yeah. That was a great movie. Yeah, trying to escape hardship. Um, got to a certain point, parents wanted something better for me. Oh, so like Oprah didn't come over and like buy your way over there. I wish she did. You know, she's buying I everything. I would probably have, a, have to work or any of that by now. She'll so, probably be supporting me and my entire family. And, and, so, you, and you went to school here and did you go, and are you going to college now? Or? I am going to college. I'm in Prince George's Community College in Largo, Maryland. And I yes. really like it. Well, so tell us a little bit about how um, you found out you had kidney disease and how old were you? I was never sick. Um, I've heard a lot of stories that different people tell when they were sick and they were bedridden for a little bit at home and then they decided to go to the ER. I wasn't like that. I didn't miss school. I went to school every day. I had a headache I couldn't get rid of and I was gaining a lot of weight, but I was 15 years old. I had no reason to worry about why I was gaining weight. I wanted to play soccer. 
for my high school. I am a diehard soccer fan. But um, I went to see my doctor, um, and he told me, he looked at me, and he's like, are you okay? And I was like, yes, I'm fine. I just want to play soccer, and the school wants me to get a clearance from a doctor as a physical. It's like, but your blood pressure is ridiculous. I was like, well, I have a headache. I haven't been able to get rid of for a little bit. Drew some blood and said, I'm going to call you in a couple of days. But when he called, he was pretty frantic on the phone. He, he was, was pretty like, what? Frantic. 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 Yeah. He, he was weeping. He was, are you okay? <laughs> That's the first thing he said. Are you okay? <laughs> he goes, well, are I you okay? Am I supposed to be okay? Am I supposed to be and okay? And I'm like, well, yeah, I'm, I gave you the school's fax number. They're waiting for the clearance to be faxed over. Okay, well, we're going to forget about soccer for a little bit. I called Children's Hospital. They're expecting you. You will not wait. I need you to get there because wow. if you fall out, that might be it. I'm like, what does that mean? But just, okay, let's just get off the phone because I need you to get to Children's wow. and they're What's waiting for you. What's wrong with you that he needs you to get to Children's? Your blood failing. pressure? He told, me, he told me on the phone, he goes, you have kidney failure and I need you to go to the hospital. And I said, okay. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. Go. I wasn't scared. I had no idea Are what you, he meant. Did you know what ki- your kidneys did? No. I mean, well, I had an idea. Eighth grade biology. I was a freshman in high school, and school had just started, so I hadn't had any kind of advanced biology to know exactly what having kidney failure meant. So I said, okay, well, we're gonna go, and we'll call you and talk to you later. But you just make sure you fax that. And I'm still pushing the clearance thing or whatever. I get over there and, yeah, they're all running around crazy and worried about my blood pressure. But I am just calm because I just thought I was going to get fixed. I was at a hospital. I was going to get a shot, a pill. Something something was going to happen now that they know I have kidney disease. I had soccer practice the next day. And I was pressing everything. You planned on making that practice. Yeah, I was like, okay, so he he says whatever's wrong with me, and I'm here now to fix that. My clearance is going to get to school, and Mr. Kanyas is going to have it, and I'm going to be able to jump in practice tomorrow after class. So when you went into the hospital, did they basically say you needed dialysis right away? Yeah, um, that night. I was there, and Dr. D'Angelo, I'll never forget him because he was so cute. That was kind of like your Dr. DeFlo. I know, Dr. DeFlo. Right. Dr. D'Angelo at Children's Hospital in Washington, D.C., um, he came over and he said, okay, um, so you have kidney disease. And that night he explained a lot, but I was also very tired. So I was drifting off to sleep and coming back, and he was explaining a lot to me and something about fluid buildup and something about my heart and we're going to take you to surgery. I do remember this sentence. And we're going to put in a small incision. And I never, because that small incision thing, that never ended. It was always a small incision. We're going to have a small incision and we're going to put a catheter in and you're going to start dialysis tonight or whenever wow. you get out. So what were you okay. feeling or were you just numb? I was really, actually, I was numb. I was afraid that I was gonna have surgery for the first time in my life because I'd never been sick like that. I had chicken pox back home and that was frightening, but I'd never been sick to the point where I had to have surgery. So when he said surgery, I was nervous about that, but I wasn't nervous about anything else he said. He'd given me a lot of information about what would happen after surgery, 
but I wasn't listening closely enough to know or even be, I didn't understand it. Did you call your parents and tell yeah. them? And they were probably frantic. <laughs> they were confused about, my uncle had said, okay, so this is this and this is what's going on. I didn't speak to, to anybody at that point. I had just had surgery and I was in ICU for three days thereafter. I wasn't talking to anybody much wow. until I met the social worker and the dietitian and there were people coming in now and talking to me and words like end stage, end stage. no cure, transplant three times a week. Or wow, I said treat, treatment three times a week and the word that really hit my ears was no cure. I said, okay, so I'm dying? That was the first thing I asked um, the child life specialist that was brought in to talk to me. I was How like, old were you now? Die? I was 15. 15. Like, yes. am I going to die? She was like, no, you're not going to die. So how long were you on dialysis? From what ages? I was 15 when I was diagnosed. That was March of 2000. And I was on dialysis till July 15th of 2006 because I received oh my, my gosh. Tri- you were on dialysis July for five 16th years. of 2004. So you were on for four, a little four over four years. A little over four years. What was it like being a teenager growing up, um, you know, while on dialysis? It was difficult. It was. You did in center three times a week? Three times a week. Uh-huh. So I missed school a lot. Mm-hmm. I, had to I never went me. to school. I always had homeschool. Right. I had a teacher with me that came every time I was on treatment because. My homework, even if I couldn't go to school and make it to class, I went to school to pick up homework and then go home. So when I go to treatment, I always had work to do, but I had to learn a lot because the friends I had before I was diagnosed weren't there anymore after I was diagnosed. That's strange. (laughs) Now why? Tell me that. For me as a teenager, it's it's really difficult because you're dealing with life and death and they're trying to get a date. And you just don't really relate because... You know what? I'm still trying to deal with getting a date. (laughs) (laughs) It took me years to learn how to catch up to my age because I had this body of a nine-year-old and the brain of a 40-year-old and I was stuck in this 16-year-old body because I looked very young. My, mine's like that too. I have a sister that's 20 years old and she her, she's developed more than I am. She's taller than I am and people always just think I'm younger than her. It doesn't bother you, me. I told you'll her. You that when you get older. I told her that. I told her that. I was like, I think I'm going to like being that. Like, I'm 23 now, and you think I'm 16, 17. Yeah, you do. You when look I'm 16, 30, 17. I'm going to like the fact that I'm, now I look 23 and 24. So, you know, keep, keep saying that. When we come back, we're going to hear more about your kidney disease. I was interested in the chicken pox that you had in yeah. Africa. Because I had something similar to chicken pox. It's called fried chicken pox. Driving a cab in a Big Apple could really get on your nerves with all the traffic. The noises, the rude drivers. Oh, watch where you're going, wise guy. Get some glasses. Oh, where was I? Oh, yeah, the rude drivers. There's one thing I wish was a little louder or not so quiet. Secondary hyperparathyroidism. I know it's a big word, but you know what? It's a big problem. It's often referred to as a silent disease. I didn't even know what I had until I experienced weakness, achy bones, itchy skin, and sexual dysfunction. But you didn't hear that last one from me. Some people call it the bone disease because of the loss of too much phosphorus and calcium. But what you don't know, Mr. Smarty Pants, is that it also affects soft tissue like the heart, the lungs, the blood vessels, bada bing, bada boom, and that's about everything. So don't be a wise guy. Wise up and talk to your doctor about the big boy. 
secondary hyperparathyroidism. Whoa, for crying out loud, do me a favor, Grandma. Get off the road and throw away your keys. Chickenpox girl <laughs> from yes. Africa. Yes. West Africa. West, West Africa. Africa. There's a big difference, right? <laughs> there like, is a huge yeah. difference. Culture, everything. A, so all the pictures, like I just watched the American Idol yes. help aid or whatever. Yes. Now, where is that? Is that a certain part of Africa? I think like when I look at images like that, to me, I think that's all of Africa because I yes. do come from a very, very poor country where healthcare is not... I mean, you get the care that you can afford. Well, what was it like? Here you were waiting for a kidney for over four years. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you get depressed and how did you handle that? I did. I think I was depressed for, I think, two years, almost two years of the four years that I was on dialysis. So what did you do? Was your family supportive or did you find friends that did you make new friends because you know your your friends sometimes they leave skid marks when they find out you have an illness yeah i wanted to know about that before the break we were talking (laughs) what happened to your friends did they just say we don't have time for you or i was in the hospital for 25 days from the day that i found out i had kidney disease so i come back to school i look completely different i think when i went on dialysis i weighed about 182 285 pounds I came back to school at like 117 120 and they're looking well I passed some of them in the hallway and I'm like hi they're looking they're looking I know your face but you're not the person I think you are Mm -hmm. and then I speak and it's like I think I might have pushed some of them away I wasn't ready to explain anything Right. What did you say? Like nothing happened or you just didn't they, know how to communicate it? They knew I was in the hospital because the school was notified that I was in a hospital and the teachers found out. I received cards and things like that when I was in a hospital. So when I came home, they wanted to know exactly why I was there. Teachers didn't share why I was there. Mm-hmm. They left that up to me for me to tell them why I was in a hospital. And the biggest thing that I ever got, I was just sick. That's as far as I went. I was sick. So what's going on now? Oh, I'm fine. I'm back. What was the scariest part about dialysis for you? I was worried that I was going to die for a very long time. And then when I I, I got a graft and had to deal with the needles, I said, oh, no, I think I want to die. (laughs) Because I was afraid of needles for a really, really long time. When before I fought, dialysis. Before dialysis. So I already had this thing in my mind about needles. So when I finally had to face needles, not just once a week or once a month, but three times a week. And sometimes I would get stuck three times because if you go once and you don't get it, you have to yeah. take that out and try I again. Know, it's it's it, it was extremely difficult for me. I tried the Emla cream and everything. It? The, the fear of the needles, I don't think I ever did. It's just something but you have to do. You it's just either have that or to do. Da- I just die. learn ways I don't, to cope. I don't really, you know, when people say they're not afraid of needles, it's like it's hard because, I mean, everybody has a fear. It's well, you know what, Lori? When somebody says they're not afraid of needles, they're talking about flu shot type needles. Right. They're not talking about the 15 gauge needles. That, I, yeah. I had a 16 gauge needle. And, you know, I, I when I'm at work and 
I work as a pharmacy technician and sometimes I'm mixing up IVs and every time I pull out a 16 gauge needle and I look at it, <laughs> I'm like, so this is what you look like? And because yeah, I never really, when they would stick me, I never would look. I never would look. I couldn't look. And it look. hurts. Though. And it hurts. I just remember the pain and I know that you have to be big to hurt this it's bad. Now, one thing that I'm very impressed about you is that you know, you always wanted to be educated no matter what through this illness. What was your driving force to to do your homework mm-hmm. and to continue to learn? Because I know when you're having an illness and you're 19 years old, you, you know, you're like, I don't even know if I'm going to be here. What ma- gave you the motivation? School to me was the one place that I could go and having kidney disease didn't matter. Because if I'm sitting in a classroom, the person sitting next to me, doesn't have kidney disease and the person sitting behind me doesn't have kidney disease. And I knew this for a fact because it's high school. If they had it, they wouldn't be talking about it. And people who sat around me in class talked about everything because I didn't have the personality to be around the shy group of people. So if the teacher is talking, I'm li- we're all listening to the same mm-hmm. thing. We're all hearing the same thing. When there's a test, I felt like if I could be good here, I could be outstanding here. And I was outstanding mm-hmm. in school. I'm, I'm still outstanding in school. And having kidney disease couldn't get in the way of that. I'm, I might not be speaking for everybody, but for me, it didn't get in the way of that. I went to school every something day. Something you and held on to. It's something I held on, on to. to. It's yeah, something, something I held, you could call I your own. I needed it. I needed it. Did you ever find that people didn't have expectations of you because you were a patient and you're like, you want to say, oh, okay, don't, you don't have to try too hard. Did you ever have that? Oh, that's time. I still get it. I still get it. Until today, I still get it. When I'm at work and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go pick that up. Are you sure? And I always stop like, why? And then the look in their eyes tell me why. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, no, I'm, I'm going to be okay. But for, for a really long time, I felt in the beginning when I held on to school like that, I felt like I had to prove that I was perfect somewhere because of this imperfection. I felt like I could prove somewhere that I was perfect. And And school was that for me. And in high school, and I said, I was on an honor roll in middle school. High school is not going to be different because I want to get into a good college. Mm-hmm. You, know? you came over here to pursue the American dream. Yeah. And you weren't going to let kidney disease get in the way. No, I was not. It, it just, Did you ever find out what caused your kidney disease? Malformed kidneys is what they said was the Malformed. cause. Malformed. Malformed kidneys, meaning my kidneys, neither one of them fully developed. Neither so you one had of them baby fully kidneys. Did. I had baby kidneys and I was growing up. Oh, and I wow. guess the baby kidneys said, you have a you. body that I can't really keep working with anymore. So then you had kidney disease ever since you were born? Ever since I was born. And, you know, my mother tells me that when I was younger and I was two years old and it's just like I would just urinate, just standing there. And it's like I could talk about everything and talk about anything, but I just didn't have that control of my bladder ever since I was a child. And she just remembers things that happened with me mm-hmm. growing up that told her that something was wrong for a very, very long time. So what were you doing when you got um, a transplant? Did you get called for a transplant? How did your transplant happen? Yeah, were you on a list or did you get a donor? I got a donor. 
Really? My donor came from all the way from Africa. <laughs> really? Was it a relative? Yes, it was a relative. It was a cousin of mine that lived with us, that knew us for a very long time. But he left He left our family and went on to pursue his own education career. Well, he was still living with us when I had kidney disease. like, And so he, he remember witnessing all that nervousness. And he came back a few years later and was like, so how is she? And my mother said, well, she's still on dialysis and she's doing well. Well, my mother never thought dialysis was something I was supposed to complain about in the first place. But she's and doing well. And what was well. that? Because they didn't, they don't There offer. is no kidney dialysis where I'm from. You have kidney disease. That's just it for you. You, you die. Mm-hmm. So she was so grateful. She, she was grateful. Here. She was grateful because she could still say that she has a daughter. Mm-hmm. Because to her, if I was at home and I had kidney disease, she would be referring to me now and forever in a past tense. Mm-hmm. So she never ever felt like I had any reason to complain about having the needles and having this and having that. So, you know, when she was like, oh, she's doing great. She's on down. And my cousin always describes it like that. It's like she was so <laughs> like, enthusiastic and she was like glad that he wanted to know. But little did she know. And he asked her, well, what's her blood type? Oh, so he knew about kidney disease and transplants, transplants and everything. Transplants and stuff like that. And he's just, he goes, what's her blood type? And my mother's like, oh, she's all positive. And he's like, really? Oh, okay, well, he didn't tell my mother that that was his blood type or anything like mm-hmm. that because he wasn't sure. He said that he thought he was, but he wasn't sure. Mm-hmm. So he went and got it checked out. And he was, in fact. Wow. So he came back and told my mother, I want you to give me her email address. He still didn't tell her. Oh, wow. Well then emailed me and said, I want you to talk to them if that's something that's possible. Mm-hmm. Can I come up there and give you a kidney? And I want you to let me know. I mean, we could make it as fast as you want it or as slow as you want it, but I just wanted to let you know that I was interested in finding out what we could do from here. What was your thought, though? You, you open up your email <laughs> and you're like, is this, I mean... Um, Probably the best email you ever got, huh? It was, but again, I felt like I was being punked. I was looking at the email and I said, <laughs> well, okay, I know the name, but I haven't talked to you in like three years or something ridiculous like that, but you're interested in giving me a kidney? And I read it over and over. He wasn't thinking. So I told my uncle, I was like, well, you know, Amara is interested in wanting to know what could be done in Guinea because, you know, they're aware that healthcare mm-hmm. is not all that great and they're not going to have him come all the way over here to just so he couldn't be a donor. So what he wants to do. And my uncle stopped like, really? And that's when I realized that, oh, oh, yeah, really. He was like, okay, I want you to talk to uh, Lori, who was the transplant coordinator at Children's, and let her know. But he called Guinea to speak to him. And that's when we realized that he was actually serious. And there wasn't much that could be done in Guinea, mm-hmm. but he was able to get all the tests that Lori had sent, and Lori sent them all, and he did them all. Uh, so he was and, able to get all the tests in mm-hmm. Guinea? Not all of them. Very few, I think. The, yeah. the blood test, Lori wanted a copy of for her to see for herself. 
and a lot of the other things she talked to the embassy to refer right. a clinic that they could trust because they're all clinics that are run by either American clinics, there are mm-hmm. French clinics, there are Korean clinics there. Yeah. That's not just hospitals that's run by the right. government. So you ended up getting his transplant. So when you woke up, did the kidney immediately work? And what was your reaction? It worked. How did it you was feel? Phenomenal. It worked because my uncle says that he remembers um, Dr. Light, there was the transplant surgeon at Hospital Center, came over to him and said, it's great. They're both doing great. And he worked right away. And she's doing she's doing well, but you can only see her two at a time. And then he was he was stuck for a second because it'd been a long four years for us. And we had a mixture of feelings, mm-hmm. both him and me and everybody that watched us go through it. And we, we changed a lot through the four years. But it's, I woke up and I was just okay. like... Now, this uh, is not, not the uncle real. that you're living with now, is it? It is. Oh, he stayed here. My uncle was here. She came to live with her uncle. Here. Yeah. Where have so, you been? Oh I, thought you were, oh, I thought you were already in the States and you were going back to Guinea. No. Oh, oh. Yeah. Oh, I see. Because so, I have so, relatives like that, too. You know, they offered me a kidney, but the thing is, they they actually didn't offer it. They, they offered to sell it to me. Oh. So my, my uh, relatives aren't quite as nice as yours. So, so what are your plans for the future? Tell us a little bit about what you plan to do. I want to make a difference. I know it sounds cheesy and everything. Well, you but... sound like Barack Obama. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make a difference any way possible. I'm in school right now still, and I'm still trying to select permanently what I'm going to mm-hmm. do. But I hope I end up in pharmacy school and become a transplant pharmacist oh, because be I think that I could relate to that group in so many different ways, ways and I think I can touch that group in, on so Make many different. different levels. Well, well, any advice in closing that you can give to other teenagers who are living with this illness? Because you've got through it, you had some tough times, anything you can tell them. This is not it. It's not over. It's never over. And don't get caught up in the image thing, please. It was tough for me, dealing with the scars and all that. Don't get caught up in in the image thing that you have to keep this image thing up. But it's not the end of your life. You have to keep. It is hard to be a girl. It's hard when you. It's hard. It's hard when you're a guy. You gain twenty five pounds after the surgery. Don't get caught up in that. Yeah, life is so short. We got to enjoy everything. Well, that is a new meaning for you. (laughs) Yes, I know. Life is short. Life is short. Well, thank you, Sally. Yeah, so you much have made a difference for kidney story. talk, so that's yeah. great. Yes, well, thank you, and I'm glad you're here. Thank you. I'm and glad. I'm glad to be here, and I'm glad to be on Kidney Talk. And I'm sorry I don't know how to say Kidney Talk in French. Mais but je we'll have you back as a Je veux dire merci pour tout ce que tu fais et continue de faire ce que tu fais, Lori. Merci.
Wow, that was an interesting yes. guest. Yes, Sally is amazing, isn't she? She is amazing. You know, all the way from Africa and everything. She's so intelligent. You know, she really embraced her studies. And, you know, that's a really good message for all people who have kidney disease. Never stop learning. You know, the only thing about her, though, I think she could drop the accent, you know, because... <laughs> It's not good to I think go around with that charming. fake accent. I think she's charming. And also, you know, I do know Guinea. I do know that because that's where uh, they invented the uh, the pigs. We can control our own destiny. We can take charge of our health and ask questions about our medical options. We can form partnerships with our health care team. We can take steps towards self-improvement. We can be sensitive to the impact of our disease on our family. We can sing, dance, laugh, and enjoy our lives. We can appreciate today and look forward to tomorrow. We can help and support our fellow patients. We can pursue our hopes and dreams. We can make a difference. Kidney Talk is sponsored by the generous donations of Amgen, Abbott, Genzyme, American Regent, and Fresenius Medical Care. The opinions, recommendations, statements, and advice contained on Kidney Talk are for information only. You should not use the information on the show to diagnose or treat a health problem or disease without first consulting with a qualified health care provider. Please consult with your health care provider about any questions or concerns you may have regarding your condition or dietary regimen.